I always knew you wanted to perform at Super Bowl, Kirsten. Hey folks, welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Cable and Lindsay Dow. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 33 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast. This week, or this fortnight, um, amazing topic that we have for you. We've got an interview coming up with a very special guest. And of course, we've got her here as well. Hello, co-host. Her? Thanks very much. Her? What's her? Her? Who's her? The cat's mother? <laughs> Hello. Hello. How, how are things down in Milton Keynes? Bright and dry. Bright and dry. Uh, here in yeah. Lancaster, things are... Well, cloudy and dry. And that was the weather forecast. Episode 33. Let's go straight to it. Um, we've got a sponsor for you guys today, a really special one. Um, and it's a returning sponsor, so I'm really excited to talk about these people. Today we are sponsored by Hello Talk. Talk to the world. Just in case you haven't heard about this before, HelloTalk is the world's first and largest mobile language exchange community. And what this means is you go to the website hellotalk.com and when you're there, what you need to do is you download an app to your smartphone. It's available for Android and it's available for I iPhone. <laughs> Apple phones, iPhones, iPhones is, the, you know, if it has a screen and it's got a button and it's not an Android, it's probably that. Um, and what you do is you download the app. So what is a mobile language exchange community? What's that when it's at home, Lindsay? What do you think? I think it's brilliant. I use this almost every day to just get that little bit of practice in, in random languages that I don't maintain very well. And uh, yeah, I use it for that, for chatting with people from all over the world, different languages. You can talk, you can share audio, you can share doodles. It's amazing. Mm, and you, you can exchange. It says up to 130 languages with language bodies from over 190 countries. So the variety and the availability of people is really, really large. And you can set yourself up for speaking to anybody. So which languages are you practicing at the moment on HelloTalk? At the moment... I am doing a little bit of French and also I'm trying to start with some early Korean phrases. Oh, are you using specific phrases that you've pre-written? Um, I'm writing kind of an introduction. Like this morning, in fact, I was I was sort of drafting that out and uh, just trying to get the, the spelling correct from the sort of romanization that you get. And um, yeah, so I've got my little introduction ready to go. Ready to hopefully make some Korean friends. Oh, wow. Make some Korean friends. That's really good. I'm going to, I might do that with Welsh as well. It's funny because Welsh speakers are, they're kind of in my country. So it's, it's less like, hello. Oh my God. Where are you from? You know, there's a kind of, that excitement isn't quite so much there because then I can say, well, you know, just 50 miles away from you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that, that is a factor. But I have recently, um, I haven't done it yet and I feel really bad and I must admit I am procrastinating. So even even though I'm, I try to be fearless female, I, I do get a bit scared. Um, and I have set myself a goal of recording this book, this book, book, book called Edwin Wach. 
and it means Am I Small? So it's this cute little kid's story, and I've downloaded this book on Kindle. It's available in Welsh, and I was going to read it out and then send that recording to my language exchange partner to practice Welsh oh, with. Amazing. That's a brilliant idea. It's really exciting, isn't it? And then she yeah. can tell me if my pronunciation is sort of spot on, and maybe I can ask her to read out the same story, etc. So it'll be really fun. Cool. Yeah, that's Hello Talk for you. Uh, you know, you can record yourself and you can actually send that recording over if you want some feedback on how you pronounce your, how you pronounce yourself, how you pronounce your words, etc. So one little thing that you can do, especially for podcast listeners, is when you've downloaded your app, simply pop the code Fluent Language in the message Hello Talk team box. That's in the settings. You'll find that. And you'll receive a three-month pro membership. They've also recently overhauled the whole look of the thing. So I think it's very pretty now. It is. And I think have they included now video chat direct within? I'm pretty sure I saw that as a new feature as well. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm a bit scared mm. of video chat. With so it's, Again, a little bit scared. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it's yeah. there. It's there as an option when you're ready. It's there. Yeah, there's little smiley faces, little doodles, little photos and stuff. And I have previously sent a photo to somebody as well. So, you know, don't do it lightly. Don't send everybody your photos. It's not that kind of app. But you can, you know, you can really find lovely, lovely people there. Um, hello, talk. And can be found at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash hellotalk or at hellotalk.com. And that's our sponsor. So thank you guys so much for supporting episode 33 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast. And today we've got, well, we've got a little bit of feedback. So do you want to do feedback now and then tell people our topic or shall we present le topic? Let's do it. Let's do it. Feedback. Let's go for it. Let's go for the feedback. Okay. Lindsay's excited because we got some fan mail from Fabiano in Brazil. Um, and how do you say thank you in Portuguese? Obrigada. Obrigada. Obrigada, Fabiano. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, he sent me a message on Facebook and said, hello there. My name's Fabiano. I want to say that your podcast is amazing. I studied German for eight years at school, a long time ago. Love to study languages and love to know the new cultures. And I'm interested in improving my English and in studying German again. And then he sort of goes on to say, by the way, my English is not so good, but I'm investing a lot of time and effort to get better at English. Um, I think your English is pretty good. I would almost say it's the bee's knees, which is um, a good expression in English. Is that right? Oh, I wish this was a video podcast because I just actually smiled really quite, quite big, big smile. I like that phrase, the bee's knees. <laughs> and I like Fabiano. Thank you guys so, so Thank much. You. Obrigada. Yes. Um, and we've also got some follow up for episode 32. If you missed episode 32 of the podcast, in that episode, we spoke about learning your language learning style based on um, this lady called Gretchen Rubin who has written a book called the, it's called Better Than Before, but the big framework that she introduces is about tendencies, your personal tendencies, and how you deal with inner and outer expectations, and I guess also where you look to for inspiration. Um, and this has a massive impact on how you build your habits, how you, how do you motivate yourself to start stuff, to finish stuff, and to keep going. Um, and we've had a few kind of personality types and people write in to tell us their personality types which is so interesting uh like me 
Karen, uh, Twitter Karen, is a questioner. Um, and what did she do first thing? Question the result. So good girl. Good girl. <laughs> Go for it. Um, Lindsay, we found, is a... What are you, Lindsay? An upholder. That's the one. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then our friend Chris, friend and follow, follow friend and fellow podcaster. Um, do you want to tell us about that? Because you went, you went uh, visiting his podcast. Is that right? I did. I did. I, I, I did some sort of podcast. I, I cheated on the podcast with another <laughs> podcast. Is that allowed? I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You were sp- sp- spreading the love. It's all, it's all fine here. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Chris was an obliger, I believe, when we spoke about it on actual fluency podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, obliger. So responds to external expectations, but not inner ones as well. Mm. How did how did he feel about that? Did he feel like that made sense? Yeah, I think he felt that it made sense. Um, I felt kind of bad because I remember I said last episode that I thought that would be the hardest one to be. <laughs> and the, I'd never really thought of anyone that I knew that was an obliger before. So it was kind of interesting to hear it from his point of view. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is this somebody who sort of looks for the external accountability, like we said before? So if you're an obliger, it might help you to build a habit if you say look for an external a mastermind or you get yourself regular sessions with a language tutor or you get yourself to a class so make sure somebody actually sees your progress definitely Mm. i think i think for chris it's having the podcast and having his blog yeah i mean it's a brilliant way to create that accountability and that external kind of uh expectation as well absolutely so yeah thank you guys so so much and i can't i can't recommend this enough go back to episode 32 and have a listen and take the quiz right in i really want to find out more about your different tendencies it's incredibly interesting to learn about this and you know uh where's my questioners at so questioner for example you won't do flashcards until you are satisfied that doing flashcards is a thing that you want and you should do and you're going to research lots. And that's kind of me. Um, and I I like, I was thinking about it because I was talking to Chris about our topic today, which I'm going to introduce now. And it is about having, hmm, what do, what shall we call them? How do you, what do you feel comfortable with? Heroes? Role models? Heroes, role model idol I don't know that it, I think each word has its own slight different connotation oops so sorry you I took a sip didn't you I, well I was gonna <laughs> mute myself for a sip but then I didn't mute I myself for a sip before what I said after I heard that sip <laughs> I heard it oh, do you mean to say that again that went well hang on I'm just gonna make a note of the time I'm getting better at this cool okay yeah please say that again <laughs> do you want to ask me the question again should we give them that oh uh, oh then i have to go back quite a bit oh sorry that's fine i'll just um... So, Lindsay, the difference, or, I mean, what, what, where do you see, how do you make distinctions, how do you feel about the difference between, what, a role model, a, an idol, a hero? Ooh, good question. I think they all carry slightly different connotations, don't they? Whereas 
an idol and a hero it's kind of on a pedestal whereas a role model is almost something that's more achievable I think mm, that's interesting that's the way I look at it yeah so overall I guess I would say our topic is about um, being inspired by other people and their achievements hmm. and in the grand scheme of things um, and it is about having heroes so to introduce this topic we found the uh, we found somebody who is very well known in the language learning community um, and the kind of polyglot YouTubing community you know who is very prominent um, and his name is Benny Lewis. Benny Lewis runs a blog called Fluent in Three Months um, and if you're listening to our podcast and you have never heard of him then congratulations <laughs> that's that's highly unusual. I have previously interviewed him on the podcast as well and Benny really has you know he's had a book published he has been interviewed on television he has um raised the flag and raised the profile of language learning to a huge extent and is therefore seen as a role model or, or a, a hero or an inspiration for, for many, many people. So we had the opportunity today to talk to him and ask him how he feels about all of that. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and play you this interview. And after the interview, Lindsay and I are going to be back and kind of fill in the gaps and talk about how we feel about having heroes and who our heroes are. Okay, so we're here with Benny Lewis. It's a man who hardly really needs an introduction anymore, and I'm sure we've already introduced him beforehand. Um, Benny Lewis, how are you today? Where are you at? I am in New York City. Um, my partner Lauren and I were moved here to check it out and see one of the most multilingual places on earth where I can practice pretty much any language I like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you have you got some practice in recently? You would not believe that I wandered into a room randomly where people were speaking Irish. Oh. It was the craziest thing. I, I kind of, um, one of those taking a left turn to Albuquerque situations, and I ended up hearing all these people, and they, they knew they could speak Irish to me. And I was, it just completely got, caught me off guard because I was not expecting that in New York, you know. So it's, it is that kind of place where you would be able to speak anything. Yeah, well, I, I believe that New York has a, a larger number of Irish or a larger Irish population than Dublin. Is that wrong? Uh, it depends on how you would think of Irish. It's uh, Irish Americans. So these would be oh, people yeah. of Irish origin. So not um, not people born in Ireland, but definitely people who have Irish um, in their family from generations ago. Yeah, I would say population is greater here on the northeast coast of the States than it would be anywhere else in the world. Oh, well, leading over to um, kind of what we're talking about today, because I know that you're probably pressed for time. Um, is there anyone that you sort of impressed with your Irish or did anybody particularly impress you? Um, I, you mean in general, not, not, not recently in New York, I'd say, um, I was extremely impressed when I went to, uh, the countryside in Ireland to a town called, uh, or a village called Glencolmkill, and I met people who were not of Irish origin. So I met some Russians, I met a, um, a Japanese lady, 60 years old, um, people from Africa, from all over the world, speaking Irish better than I was. So it's incredibly impressive because they didn't grow up in the country and they're just 
passionate about language learning and about discovering the local culture. And that for me, when I saw them, that, that really inspired me. I thought, wow, if these people from the other side of the world can learn Irish to that level, there's no good reason for me to not catch up with them. Oh, wow. I like that. I was just wondering, Lindsay, do you feel like that when you, you know, when you're learning Japanese? It's kind of making me the feeling of that. One day, one day, guys, I'm going to be the German that walks around Wales and is fluent and just awesome <laughs> Welsh. <laughs> It'll be me and the natives in Wales. Absolutely. Yeah. But do you feel like that, Lindsay, about Japan? Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, kind of Japanese has just been something quite fun to sort of take me away from the sort of academic side that language has always been up to, up to this point for me. So, no, it's kind of different with Japanese. It's just literally like, this is for fun. <laughs> and I, I think I would like to get to, uh, to quite a good level with Japanese, but I'm always not going to be Japanese. Like, you know, I'm always going to not look Japanese. So I don't know. But yeah, no, it's, it's a fun language for me. Yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. It's the kind of the, the wanting to feel a part of where you are. And I think that's, a, that's an area where you really kind of start thinking about heroes in particular. So there's, there's perhaps two types in language learning, two types of these kind of um, people we look up to. So I'm just going to put this out there and you guys tell me what you think. Number one is the kind of person where you, you really want to integrate so much that you're practically bilingual. And I think that's probably what motivated me to, you know, to get to where I am with English, to move to England, to, I don't know, marry an Englishman, to become about as English as I can be for some reason. When I was a teenager, that was my escapism and my sort of dream. But the other person, that's something I'm very curious about and appreciate the chance to speak to Benny about it, is that kind of polyglot thing. So what do you guys, what do you think that symbolizes? The idea of somebody picking up all these languages, becoming so versatile. Do you want to go, go ahead first? Oh, <laughs> thanks for that one, Benny. Put me on the spot. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I think... I, I think it's it's the because when when you say to someone, oh, yeah, I speak X, Y, Z and they go, what, what, what? And you add another one and you add another one. And I almost have to kind of I find myself personally, I sort of put myself down on that front. So I don't I don't ever say, yep, I speak French, Spanish, German, Portuguese. Italian. I don't ever do that because I don't. And I always have to define it if someone ever says that blank question of, how many languages do you speak? I then say, well, I don't like that question. I prefer to say, how many languages have you studied? And that's personal for me because I feel that I tend to get to the sort of average conversational level and then I've start a new one and I never really take it further. But I know that there are people out there, I mean, that that will and that will consistently study a new language but then maintain the other ones as well. I don't know if you would describe yourself that way, Benny. Well, um, I definitely do prefer the the idea of maintaining the languages. I mean, I've um, made a, a career out of these um, intensive projects that I put up on YouTube. To continue um, uh, with the original question about um, this kind of first impression you would get from polyglots, uh, I, I kind of 
from this, I know completely what the perspective is of um, of a monoglot who who sees this polyglot as uh, this extremely impressive person. Because when I uh, first moved to Spain, I, I've shared this story with people that I met this Brazilian guy who just utterly wowed me with his language skills. So the first thing was just being completely impressed, you know, thinking, oh, wow, that's cool. I wish I could do that. The girls were all swooning over him, which, uh, which I, in the end didn't actually matter because he was gay. So that, that was... <laughs> that's probably been that, more that, attractive than the language skill. Yeah, exactly. But ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, um, what really got my attention is this guy was a man of the world. He knew so many things, languages being one of them, and he just had good social skills. He was very good at talking to people. So um, it was kind of part of the package and I saw him and I was like I would really like to be like that because I was I was very shy people would be surprised to hear that when I talk about going and meeting people and being spontaneous and all that stuff but I was a very very shy person and I aspired after him and many others that I've met in my travels who are very who are people person you know and that's that's what it's been about for me is uh is trying to get to know people from local cultures. And when I meet people who are good at that, I try to take some inspiration from it. So language learning for me has always been that window into opening up the new cultures. And it's, um, you know, Lindsay, you were saying that you don't, you don't really like to, to list off, oh, I speak this, I speak that. And it is very hard when people ask you the question because it kind of, um, it kind of dilutes the whole point. And, when I've been on uh, some TV or radio and they ask me uh, if I found that if the conversation goes in the direction of, wow, Benny, you're so impressive, then I've, I've failed because that's, that's not a good purpose for me to get a message out there is, hey, everyone, be impressed with Benny. Mm-hmm. The, whole, the whole thing is you want to inspire people. So it's, it's why I wouldn't, I wouldn't really love to give those uh, kind of lists of, uh, oh, speak this, speak that. I, I really prefer the stories like, oh, ta- thanks to speaking Italian, I, I had an Easter dinner with four generations and I got to speak to this lovely old lady um, about her grandchildren. And it was th- that kind of stuff, I think, really does get to people and they, they can understand that. And I think uh, one thing that I have seen my my mission with everything I do is to bring this concept of a polyglot and turn it into something that's realistic for everyone. It's, it's why I always start, when people want to know my story, I always start by saying I could only speak English in my 20s because that's, that's a better in for people, you know? So on that point, mm. so obviously, I mean, one of the questions that I kind of had for you, things that I, w- I wondered was, I wonder how aware this guy, because obviously a lot of people do, in this polyglot space at least, look up to you and kind of go, oh, you know, he's the man, he knows, you know, he knows how to do these things. And, you know, you, there's some there's some really sensible, solid advice coming from you with language learning. Uh, you know, you've written a book, you're like in my local library, you know, you've got your book in Lancaster Library. Mm. Well done. That's great. Uh, yeah. You. <laughs> and, it, you know, so it's that it's kind of like, yeah, you know, so there's there's a level of big name faminess I suppose so one of my questions was how aware are you of of that and how does that feel so you kind of do you feel that you know you obviously want to inspire people to 
learn languages but do you feel that it comes with a sort of responsibility or, yeah, is, oh, or absolutely. is this kind of like what you always wanted and you're like yeah I'm the man no no Balling. no I mean uh what well, one thing in terms of just the that perspective I always kind of in my mind I look up to so many other people in the community I look up to to Richard for the the amount of languages that he's covered and Luca for the the depth and the the accent he has and Moses for just always getting out there and speaking with complete strangers in the in these languages. So I feel like there are so many members of the community who do these aspects of language learning so well that whenever someone would suggest I'd be among the most impressive, I'd be like, are you kidding? You know, do you not see the video where this guy does that and he does that? Uh, the thing I think that I would do in the community, at least, is that the, I really love um, the kind of editing of YouTube. I love the back end of blogs. And that skill has helped me to bring the same kind of encouraging message ahead of people. And I've, I've been aware of the um, that it's kind of been a, a big responsibility because um, anything that I... I think it puts under the microscope then anything that's slightly different, that if I would say it one way, another polyglot might um, give slightly different advice. I think that gets really emphasized and contrasted. Whereas, ultimately, I think everyone in the community agrees on the vast majority of, of things. So it's it's why that, that kind of co uh, contrast comes through in, in such a way. But uh, I, I have felt the results of, of that because if I... Uh, it's very interesting because when uh, before I did the blog and if I would just go to a couchsurfing meetup and nobody would know who I was, um, I could just decide, oh, I feel like speaking Portuguese and walk up to the Brazilians and do that. But the result is that if I go to a language meetup, people will come up to me and start hitting me with another language. And that kind of, I feel really intimidated by that because I'm not used to that. I'm not used to <laughs> yeah. getting hit with another language I, I kind of I can put myself in the headspace and I can psych myself up for you know whatever 20 seconds and think okay okay I'm thinking in Portuguese thinking in Portuguese so um, uh, that sense I think people who see the online persona they have this idea in their mind of who that person is and they would imagine that um that my my day-to-day -day life is going around and hitting people with other languages And obviously, there's um, so many other things that that I would be doing. So I think that kind of makes people see me as a particular person. Yeah. And I always kind of, um, with my partner, Lauren, I always kind of talk about this Benny the Irish polyglot like he's someone else, because that's kind of the online version <laughs> of me. Like you Sasha know? Fierce. <laughs> you know, Beyonce's stage persona. You're like this little sexy man. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. It's, you know, when yeah. people... I, I even get this when people come and talk to me in German, which is entirely my native language. Um, and people, if people just German at me, I first, I'm very taken aback. It's just, you just don't expect it in that moment, do you? No, no, absolutely not. It, it kind of, it takes some uh, mental energy to do the switch. And I've, I've made like two or three videos where I have switched between languages. But ultimately for me, uh, like I was saying before, it's about the personal connection. So I I don't like putting the whole switching between languages or the number of languages so much under the microscope because, 
like I said, if you want to inspire people, most people who are considering learning a language, they have one language in mind. It's not that they're thinking, oh, I want to speak 10 languages. I mean, I'm sure they'd love to, but for a lot of people, they see this one language that is a part of their family or it's in their community or their partner speaks it. And they really want to speak that one language. And it's why I've always tried to focus on what would help them and what kind of advice would um, would really resonate to, to inspire them. And it's it's tricky because when people meet me in uh, community meet, meetups or um, if I'm doing um, a book tour or whatever it may be, uh, the question does come uh, go in the direction of, well, how can I learn 10 languages or how do you maintain so many languages? And these are all very interesting things to talk about. But I, I prefer to put my energy into inspiring people to learn that first language. I think that's that's really where the difference comes in. And uh, I, I do the the fact that people know I speak other languages means that it would uh, the conversation would go in that direction more likely because I guess from their perspective, it's more interesting. They may not meet people who speak a bunch of languages that often. So they want to speak about that. And that that is um, uh, it's it's always been interesting. I've I've tried to figure out how can I move the conversation back into a practical direction. Like how can I help you? How can I give you some inspiration to get into your language? Rather than how can we talk about how cool it is that I'm a polyglot? You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's interesting because I feel like in many ways that first language is the hardest one, right? It just gets oh, easier. Yeah. You know, you learn it, you understand, okay, so grammar exists. And <laughs> and even if those things like, I don't know, cases and, and different verb conjugations change between languages, you've learned it in one, you're going to understand it in another one that's similar. And you learn that thing for the first time and then it, it transfers over. So, yeah, that's really, I, I, like, I like that. I like what you say about sort of inspiring people to go with their first one. That's really important. When When mm-hmm. would you say, Benny, that you first noticed that others sort of looked up to you for inspiration um i would say that the the comments on on youtube and especially the emails and i like the the very first emails or comments that i would be getting from people that that would just say they saw this video where i i went out of my way to say you can do this too that that really inspired them to go and speak their language for the first time and as time has gone, um, as time's passed, I've started to get more and more of these. And these days I'd get dozens or even some days hundreds of, of emails just saying that, just saying this email that they've received from me or this video they just watched has inspired them to learn language. And that has just been an incredible experience. And it's it's been very interesting to to see that grow with time as I put more stuff out there and people find the old and the new stuff. Um, and I kind of, I do feel I have that, that responsibility to continue to try to keep that up, to inspire those new learners, because that's the biggest difference that I can, I can make. I can have these people who tell me like in their emails, like these very heartfelt stories that they genuinely felt that they were idiots when it came to language learning and that they would never, ever speak this language. But it's kind of like I've given them permission to make a few mistakes when they speak to somebody and that they can try it out and they see, wow, the the world doesn't come to an end if I don't know how to um, put the word 
order correctly in this German sentence or whatever it may be. Um, and it's it's been it's a it's a very very interesting and weird feeling that you you do get through to to people and you get these messages. And I try to keep it in mind as the scale of them goes up so much that it's still each email is still a real person sharing the story with me. And it's just sometimes it's overwhelming with the amount of them that come through, you know, um, the the first ones that came got to me every time. It's just it's just I really feel like it's totally worth it. All the all the work I, I would put into um, making these videos look good and writing these articles and all the billion things that go on, go on behind the scenes. It's so worth it when I see someone say they are speaking their language mm. and it just makes it more and more worth it with time. I think for probably Lindsay for you too, certainly for me that that really strikes a chord. And um, I have had people writing me emails saying I found you through um, Fluent in three months. So first of all, thanks for that. And I feel like it's, it's almost like you've, your blog in particular because of the scale of it because of the size of it it's become this door this kind of entry drug for people um to to get started on kind of looking what's out there which has really you know done a lot of positive things it's really you know the the positivity is something that shines all the way through absolutely and this is one one of the reasons i was saying before it's a great responsibility and i want to make sure i use it right and it's it's why I I realized um, that it is very important to to share the rest of the community because I I felt when I when I was coming on the scene when I started blogging um, there were lots of blogs about languages but from the perspective of somebody who um, like I from my own background who just was not initially into languages. Those blogs did not really, uh, or, or websites didn't really resonate with me to inspire me to learn a language, and I felt that that was missing. You know, you needed to give people this. Uh, so I, I, it's why my blog had the kind of travel blog plus language learning spin, and I've guest posted on sites about finance and men's health and all these things. I've tried to reach that audience and inspire them, and I've taken that and tried to past the, these new people onto the rest of the community and it's why the skype me maybe video that i made I, I kind of my goal with that video was i wanted it to go mega viral but not for my own like not so i could bring my subscriber numbers up but so i could send people to richard's um channel and moses channel and all of the other uh, polyglot community uh, channels that happen to be in that video Mm-hmm. And it's where it's like I love having guest posts from from the rest of uh, the language learning community because, like you said, people will check out your site and they will see things that you have to say that I would never be able to write about. Things that I that they wouldn't resonate with me as much as they would with you. But maybe because my blog is the size it is, because I've learned the things I have, I can reach somebody who I can then pass on to the rest of the community. You know, and I and I feel that that's. Uh, that is something that I try to do as much as I can because this isn't a case of my advice is the best advice and that I need to um, uh, people need to hear what I have to say. I feel like I my skill in this in the community is to make these the blog big and my YouTube channel reach many people so that then they can hear this great language learning advice, not necessarily from me, but from people who they see that I have shared that, uh, other advice with. So I, 
I really like that. I love it when I. Uh, it's the same with everybody in the in the community. They, they would tell me that they found that they are getting emails or messages from people saying, "I found you through Benny's blog," and I just love that. I think that's great because um, it would be so easy for you with with your blog and and fluent in three months being the size it is to just ignore that and to just keep growing yourself bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think I really appreciate. I'm sure everyone else does as well. How you do do exactly what you just said. I think it's very um, it's very kind, really. <laughs> well, it's yeah. it's both kind and it's practical because I yeah. I, I do I do feel that. Um, you know, if people want to take me seriously, like even even completely selfishly, if people ju- if I just wanted to grow my brand, I would need to share good advice. And it's why I I feel like, you know, the kind of uh, guest posts that um, that you guys have, have given me and the the kind of videos that I've sh- I'd be sharing. These things are fantastic and they are good for me to grow my own community so it's why I just it's the the idea of sharing great content, you know, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, I send people onwards who can learn about other aspects of language learning that you could tell them so much about. So it's for me, it's just it's just wise on so many levels, you know. So, I mean, this, this, that's a really interesting that sort of opens up uh, an interesting little side uh, question avenue, uh, which is um, how. How much are you, or do you think you are um, a hero from people in the starting your own business and having a lifestyle that has sort of become kind of Tim Ferriss-sized? But, you know, to sort of live, work, travel and step out of the kind of lifestyle that now more and more people are beginning to reject and be more freelancing and stuff. So do you there consider yourself as a hero as such? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I think within the language learning community specifically, I might be more more uh, prominently known for doing those kind of, um, you know, run your own business and travel the world all the time kind of ideas. But I think in general, I wouldn't be associated with that as much because that kind of space is very saturated. There are a lot of um, technomads and and uh, people writing about running their business online. Um, so I, w- I wouldn't consider that that's, that's a place I would hold very prominently. And it's interesting because that uh, that kind of lifestyle feels so perfect and so ideal when you hear about it. Like you, you would just imagine... All you do is travel and work for four hours every week and and life's great. And I'm actually extremely glad to have a base now to be in New York that I'm not planning to travel uh, in the next couple of months. And then I I will travel and enjoy those travels for being what they are. Because traveling all the time has so many problems with it. And it's it's interesting because this ideal lifestyle people think about it's uh it's got so, so many things they they wouldn't know about that i feel jealous about settled people a lot of the times when i've been traveling so um, uh, but i do i do uh, in the language learning space for sure i feel that, that that is definitely something i'm mostly known for from the majority of my travels from uh, popping around to places so quickly and i for me it's always been about the practical side like how can i make this work 
how can I spend less money? And it's why I was able to do it as long as I did. I mean, the first five years, um, I was earning less than €1,000 a month, and that was more than enough to, to cover what I needed. And I think there is that move. For me, it's a very natural move. It's not about having like heroes in the space to look up to. It's just the nature of how the work environment is ha- is and has to change uh, to adapt to because people do work on computers and those computers do not need to be in a specific office space for many, uh, many kinds of jobs. Even teaching, you would imagine teaching of all things would be the kind of thing you need to physically be there for. But we all see that you can do this over Skype. Yeah, well, so, Lindsay and I both do that, you know, and, and started out doing that. Exactly. And so that it's, it's why I feel like this um, uh, location independent lifestyle, yeah. it's, it's not, it's, it's a trend that had a few people begin it, but it's, it's just the natural evolution of, uh, of work as far as I see it. Mm. Very interesting. Definitely, I agree. I mean, I spoke to my mum on the phone earlier today. Um, and we were talking about the sort of our future and where we live. And obviously, I, like you now, um, I choose to have a home base. I like having this whole like, you know, I like I like being where I am. But she thought sort of later on then said, oh, you can just, you know, when you move, because you, she always wants me to move to Germany, of course, she wants me to move closer to her. Um, mm. And she's like, oh, you can just take your whole job with you. That's amazing. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yes, I can. And there is something to be said for, you know, the idea of never having to fill in a job application again. But it's not quite yeah. that straightforward. It's not that quite straightforward, but it is, it is great. I, I loved that. I could do exactly what you said, that in my travels, I was able to just spend a month. Uh, I did it several times, just a month out of the year in my parents' house and just to, to hang out there. And then also spend time in, in other cool cities. But it is it is that flexibility that I really, really like. I love that I can decide, you know, I want to live in New York and I don't have to uh, get a New York job because the job I have comes with me. And I think that's the, the catch is if you're traveling. For the first few years I was traveling, before I switched to working on the internet, I would get local jobs as I found them. And because you can't expand your career that way, because the job ends after three months, it really cuts off your possibilities for um, for growing a client, a base of clients, and for increasing um, what, how much you would earn a, on a given day. So the, that's the great thing about location independence: is you can move between places, but your career continues without interruption. Ah, okay. So, Benny, you mentioned earlier about um, sharing Richard and Luca um, and Moses. um, And all of these people notably have one thing in common, being male. (laughs) Um, Is there anyone in particular as a female that you think, wow, that's cool. I like what they do. You don't have to say me and Kirsten. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, like essentially, I I feel like uh, Susanna, for instance. Um, I met up with her a couple of times, and I've seen her, um, like in San Francisco, like use her languages, and I I really I, like seeing it in action, seeing just how how smoothly she um, she went into them, how how much about passionate about the culture she is. That it, that really showed me that this is this is something I need to be doing as much as I can. And um, I, 
there's there are several people there that i think the the thing is when i start uh listing polyglots it's it's usually it's not because it's more male biased it's only because the or like the the polyglotism is more male biased i think it's because that the nature of uh youtube videos tends to kind of sway that way uh just it's it's kind of the youtube community but I do feel there are so many powerful female polyglots. Uh, Judith Mayer, for instance, um, mm. she would not have um, an active YouTube channel. Um, she does have a blog, but I kind of, I see her as extremely active, especially offline. She kind of brings the Esperanto community forward and she helps to run the, um, she helps to run the, the polyglot gathering. And that, is just insane to run those huge groups of people um and when you talk to her and you see how passionate she is about language learning that just is insane to me like i I could never even think of being at that level of depth in the languages there's also ellen joven who also lives here in new york and Mm -hmm. and she uh, is also very um very active in moving the community forward and i think there is that uh that that slight difference i guess that the female polyglots in the community are absolutely present and if anything they have that extra role of um taking this kind of um this head position of moving communities forward whereas i think um a lot of the male uh, polyglots that i've been listening were were kind of more about we have our our videos and we kind of do these spikes of getting people interested in language learning and of course i move my own community forward in in several ways but i i do feel that that is something i've seen uh female polyglots do so so well and there are so many examples and i i do think it it is a pity when people start thinking of polyglots listing them like that that um it's just kind of human nature that we think in ourselves, in our memories, like, oh, you know, who have I seen on YouTube or oh, who tweets the most or whatever it may be. But there is that sense of um, kind of these female leaders in the community, but what they do tends to make them thought of less for their their own um, personality because they're they're kind of blending with the community they, they run. I don't mm. know if that makes any sense. But, no, uh, I, I've that makes a lot of sense. I've previously read this book. It's um, It was uh, it was about how women and men express themselves. Oh, it was called You Just Don't Understand Me. Um, and it's about the linguistic, um, it's about the language tools that we use as women and men and how we are socialized. And it's funny the way that you speak and you describe the different roles that we play because the theories and kind of maxims that this book set out, which is, um, it's written by a, a couple, a married couple, um, and shame on me, I can't remember what they're called, but I'm going to put it in the show notes. So it, you just don't understand me, women and men in conversation. And a lot of it is about that females are socialized to build community and tend to look for that. Whereas males tend to, they tend to, for example, lecture more. So women interrupt more because they they do a lot of agreeing. So they interrupt in the sense of, yeah, yeah, just uh, exactly that kind of thing. Whereas guys will kind of talk for like three, four minutes in a row um, without pausing, without doing that, do you agree thing, without soliciting as much opinion. And in the same way, you can just imagine it on YouTube. I know Lindsay 
you know, is, is one of the rare, I think, YouTube ladies that I can think of. YouTube, well, I've, I know a lot of YouTubers, but I don't know a lot of language YouTubers. Um, and again, I think guys tend to have a tendency to want to demonstrate more. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, there, there's definitely a lot of truth in that. And I think the uh, social aspect is, um, is definitely this idea of kind of um, relating to people and agreeing with them. Um, but I think, I think it's because the spotlight tends to be, um, it's, it's seen as differently because on YouTube, like, I don't know how much you, you would um, have to worry about it, Lindsay, but I know that YouTube can be a tricky place for, for girls sometimes because of the, the kind of comments that come up on, on the videos. But it's definitely, <laughs> you know, but um, I think that there is a tendency for guys that we would um, we would kind of fear the spotlight and jump in front of it and throw the video out there. I'm not, I'm not sure if the talking for four minutes thing is necessarily um, as true as, as, as you would have said, but I, I do think there's uh there is that difference and there's power in each side. You know, there, there is that need to, to make a powerful um, video that you're, you're like, your, it's only your face there and you're getting through to people, but there is also that extremely important behind the scenes, helping the community grow aspect and um both parts of it together are what helps helps um the polyglot community be great i think massively so okay so i'm going to go to our final question um because otherwise we're going to serve people up a three-hour podcast so and this is about your own heroes and your own inspirations i actually wrote down a little quote from you because you were talking about Susanna zarayski and you said that you know, you saw her doing her thing and you thought, this is something I want to be doing. And I wonder, you know, who has inspired you kind of throughout your life? Did you have like a childhood hero or something like that? Um, well, I feel, uh, like I said, in terms of language learning, it was that uh, Brazilian uh, flatmate that I, I had in Spain initially. But I take inspiration from people from so many different branches um, you know, like, uh, the sciences, I've got a, my background is in engineering. So, uh, the likes of Carl Sagan, I, I, if, if you ever have a chance to, to see the, the kind of videos he makes and how passionately he talks about science in such a way that it's relatable and feels extremely interesting to the common person. And I always try to keep that in mind myself. And whenever I try to share some language learning advice, I always thinking to myself, you know, I could do this technically and I could talk about conjugations and how you can get your sentence just right. Or I could see if I can talk to people from a more passionate uh, point of view. So I would say um, that he, he's inspired me. Um, and I think there's just, there are so many people that wouldn't really have fame you know they're they're not people you would imagine you see on tv but a lot of people who have really influenced me in in my life that i've met in my travels as i see them live their lives because i think that's mostly what i try to take inspiration from is to see how is somebody living a life that they can be proud of and how can i aspire to do the same so it's it's very hard to give like names for that because they're are people who've inspired me in so many different ways, but um, some of them are just, they, 
some of the most inspirational people in the world are the ones who don't have uh, their quotes searchable online or the, they don't have books written about them. It's yes. um, some of the people just each one of us know every day that these are the ones who who would uh, influence our lives, you know. Absolutely. Okay. Lindsay, are you still, are you still with us? I'm still with you. I, I've been very <laughs> conscious not to interrupt because I know I'm going to be on the same feed as, as Benny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Okay, well, I, yeah, I, I really like this. And I really like this as a kind of closing word as well to look around you. And as I was thinking and kind of prepping for this, I did think like, who do I look up to? And I, I have so many friends that have characteristics and do things that I don't, I don't quite have but I really want to kind of emulate or see how I can bring that into my life. And I've, I often ask myself, like, um, I've got a friend called Marie, um, and I'm sure she won't mind, but we'll see. But, it, you know, so many times I ask myself, what would Marie do? <laughs> and it's, it's that, it's kind of taking inspiration, not just from, you know, I don't know, superheroes or big kind of people that are being put in front of us as our aspirational um, goal type goalposts but also to look around you and see what you want to emulate so absolutely mm. yeah because i mean ultimately the the view that you see of people on youtube on tv shows and so on is a very filtered view so you tend to see this extremely idealized and edited version of a person and it's it can be um it, it can actually be intimidating and it can suck away some of the inspiration if you feel that you could never be that person because you don't see both sides of it. So I feel that it's it's actually better to take inspiration from people who are in your own lives. You could you could see on a day to day basis because you see the problems they have to deal with, and you you could talk to them and say, "How do you do this?" And they'll say, "Well, it's it's actually been a challenge for me because of this and this." And it's easier to relate to them because of that. So um, I I, I definitely feel, say. yeah, the people yeah. around us are the ones who can inspire us even more than those. Um, you know, YouTube um, superstars or whatever it may be. It has to be relatable. It has to be, you know, you're right. Everything now is so sort of filtered, isn't it? Like literally, you know, something like Instagram. <laughs> you you do have to have something that's relatable. So yeah, I think real life is uh, a good way to go mm. for inspiration. Well, this is... What wonderful, honestly, I'm just like, what, what great closing words. Thank you so much, you know, both of you. And I think Lindsay and I are going to, you know, take it away and kind of have a little bit of a chat, you know, about, you know, because about our heroes. Um, but I also really look up to Beyonce, and that is not a relatable person <laughs> at all. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's something there, and it's still that same thing where you kind of go, you know, how can I what can I take from that? So it's, this is what I really liked when you talked about Carl, what's his name? Carl? Uh, Sagan. Carl Sagan. Um, and you, you sort of identify what that person is doing. Um, and you think about how you can put it into your own, you know, into your own things. Yeah. Okay. Well, I always knew you wanted to perform a Super Bowl, Kirsten. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. In a, in a little swimsuity thing. Definitely. Absolutely. That's me there. <laughs> no, but certainly there's something about, you know, passion, working hard, integrity, um, and singing really well that, that I, you know, inspires me and thousands of girls around the world. 
I'm going to edit this out. No one's going to know. No one's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, Benny, thank you very much for taking the time. I think we've come to the end of the questions. Is there anything you you want to add? No, no. I think I think like you said, you uh, talking about your own heroes would uh, definitely balance it out. And um, yeah, otherwise, I'll be very very happy to chat um, to you again in a couple of months when I can uh, tell everyone about this big project that's been keeping me incredibly busy. And um, I want to share it with the world when it comes out. Well, do you want to do you want to make it a podcast topic of how to survive when you're incredibly busy? Um, I, I can tell you what, what I did, and I, I can you can fi- figure out what the topic would be right. best from that. <laughs> okay, yeah, that'll, that'll that'll work definitely. We'll have a look into that, won't we, Lindsay? Absolutely, sounds good. All right, so it's great chatting to you too. And we're back. Uh, that was Benny Lewis. Thank you very much to Benny. So, Lindsay, what kind of what did that bring up in you? The idea of of the hero or the person to look up to, um, and like Benny was saying, the, this is something I need to be doing. Like I like what they're doing. I want to bring that into my own work or language learning or achievement. I think that's really interesting because it's. I imagine um, a lot of people would. For, for a lot of people, Benny would be their inspiration and would be their hero. And so, to when you you never think of these people as having their own inspirations and their own kind of heroes, if you like. Um, and so, it's nice to hear that. I think, but I I, I love as well the idea of oh, that's cool. I want to do that. Like what Benny was saying about Susanna, because we've talked before. I think maybe it was when we did the webinar together earlier in January, and we mentioned how. You know, when you feel envious, turn that envy into inspiration. So rather than feeling like, oh, my God, look at what they're doing. Oh, God, oh, everyone says they're so good, but they're not good. Oh, just turn that into, OK, maybe they are good. How can I, you know, what what is it that I'm envious of here? What what can I aspire to, to, to you know, how can I draw inspiration from this? Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think that's really important and that's a really good point to make yeah we talked about it before in the context of um business and both us kind of people who run their own businesses we know it, it can be really difficult and it can be really easy to look around you and all you see is success and with language learning i can imagine that many people feel the same if there is too much i mean i've previously said you know quite publicly that you know there's there's something about this whole polyglot community thing that doesn't sit right with me. And I think that was sort of where I was coming from, this this idea of it being, isn't this a bit intimidating? Isn't this a bit, you know, I think the polyglot community itself um, and the word with it has moved on so, so much since I wrote that. So um, I owe the world an update and that is coming. Um, but there is something to... There is something to be said for, like, what you're saying, this sort of... And what Benny was saying, the identifying what it is that they're actually doing that's so great and then thinking about how can you bring that into your own way of of doing things so when you started i guess when you think about what you do in your everyday life so you're learning languages you do a bit of running i suppose you you know you you make videos and you create your own courses is there somebody that you really look up to Oh my goodness, so many people for so many different things. So in languages, in general, let's say. Specifically for languages? Yeah. Ooh, um I don't know. I mean with with 
I don't know, I guess Shakira would still be one there <laughs> with, with languages because she speaks a lot of languages and sings in different languages and things like that. And so, I mean, I've said it very openly, Shakira is the reason I speak Spanish and therefore the reason I speak any other language beyond French and Spanish. So, um, you know, Shakira is a big inspiration in that sense to me personally, but actual kind of language learning, I think I just draw inspiration from a lot of different people um, and also, like Benny said, it's not necessarily people that have a book written about them or have a blog or have a YouTube channel that are the best. It's just they're people who know how to use a video camera or who who feel that they want to share their story. And that doesn't necessarily mean that other people are less inspirational. Mm. Does that make sense? This is extremely I mean, important. I think the, the idea... Yeah. When I when I first kind of suggested this topic and I thought about well how do we, you know how do we find our heroes? I my mind pretty much early on went to the people that are extremely visible. But when I think about it in my own life, I really do like what what you were describing and what Benny was describing, which is I look around me and I get, I. I look up to the people who are close to me. I look up to the people around me who I who I sort of know very, very well and I observe and I see how they navigate situations where I think I would really struggle. So um, there are things in my husband that I massively admire. Um, I've got a lot of, you know, with the upholder nature and the discipline and all that stuff, I've got a massive kind of feeling of respect and admiration for you and for your work and what you've kind of put together. Um, not awkward, uh, but you know, there is, there's just so much in, in all the people around us. And I always feel like that's what makes me want to be friends with somebody is when I admire them. I think that's really valuable as well, because something that is um, really important for not just for kind of positive language learning, but for just a positive and happy life, I think is to surround yourself with sort of positive, like-minded people that you do admire because if you've if you've got friends or people in your life that are negative or that are just not inspiring and that's not to say that you know everyone has something that I think is is valuable and worthwhile but some people perhaps more than others um and to kind of eliminate that toxicity is that a word toxicity from your life mm. I think is very valuable sort of I know that I've had to do that in the past and there's something that in one of the articles that, that I sort of looked over um, as we were preparing for this, one was from Psychology Today, and they talked a lot about the anti-role model, the kind of negative role models, which are people that demonstrate behaviors or demonstrate, um, you know, ways of being uh, that you really don't want to copy, that you really don't want to emulate and mm. that kind of makes you feel like well that's that's not how I want to be um so I guess do you do you do you know anybody who where you would really feel like that is that's like an anti-hero that's like somebody that you know yeah absolutely might go places but not in the way that I would want to do it I'm not going to name names but yeah <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are people both you know kind of publicly known like sort of famous people if you like and then also people that I've known that I just think, oh, wow, okay, that's mm -hmm. how not to do that. But, you know, yeah. I, I, that sounds then very negative, doesn't it? No, and I don't mean there's it a, to... There's a huge value in other people's mistakes in that sense then. Absolutely. And I think it's 
it's, it's important to sort of recognize that as much as it is to recognize something a quality that you would like to sort of obtain and to have yourself in a person to recognize something that you don't want is just as valuable and you know you hear so much in terms of role models and I'm, I'm kind of drifting from language learning here but you'll hear so much like oh Barbie is too skinny and it's giving girls a bad role model etc etc but as as I grew up I never once looked you know I had Barbie dolls or whatever but I never once looked at them and thought that's what I must look like when I'm older and I'm sure that I'm not speaking for all females or for all children or anything like that here at all this is just my opinion but I never once looked at that and thought well that's healthy that's what I want to be I just thought well that's what Barbie looks like and look in the mirror this is what I look like and that's okay too Oh my god, the Barbie lifestyle though to me was, this sounds so ridiculous, but when I was sort of six years old, you know, my Barbie, um, she, she went, she went traveling, you know, she, she had this amazing camper van and she went camping and she had a boat. She was, she was living la vida, I can tell you. So there's, there's something, you know, where I'm really thinking, okay, you know, that maybe I just made a little, role model for myself in my head and sort of as a six-year-old I was playing and it was like future Kirsten is going to be a little bit like Barbie so I wonder if how can you this is really interesting the idea of being your own like future you being your own role model and that could work in language learning as well and you think that future you and a lot of people do that don't they they say oh future me is going to be really fluent future me is going to I don't know not have this problem like Benny was uh, like Benny was saying about you know using the language to as a vehicle for accessing new personality traits i think he might have been thinking future benny is going to be this outgoing people person absolutely and i think that can be just as valuable can it to look at someone and recognize wow that's cool i that's something that i want to have but that's not me right now so that's future me i think that's 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 just as cool just as valuable yeah, future me is is probably maybe the best hero that that you can have. Certainly better than I don't like the word idol. It brings up religious imagery and the idea of you know mm. almost hero worship. So maybe the the word hero neither. But I do really believe, and I think part of the question I wanted to bring up um, the idea of the females. To, you know, the, the, where are the females in this community that people can look up to? Is because I do believe in that lean in philosophy. You know, the lady who wrote the book Lean In. Is it no. Cheryl Sandberg, I think. She was she was a, a an executive at Facebook and she wrote a book called Lean In, which is about um, you know, leaning in symbolically at like a conference table. If you imagine that um the woman, you know, when it gets to like when it gets down to business, they tend to physically kind of almost lean back, take themselves I'm leaning back away from the microphone, which is stupid. But like lean back and take themselves out of the conversation. And she was advocating the kind of leaning in but she was very much talking about the visibility um of people that you can identify with so for in in that sense for for my barbie to have this amazing lifestyle that was the only you know that was the only image i had around me of of you know something that i can kind of dream about and aspire to and sort of go oh yeah yeah that would be that would be fantastic um and then you know take take from that for myself so yeah Mm -hmm. the idea the idea of leaning in is is really the idea of you know when you look around for somebody who inspires you you've got to be able to see somebody who 
makes you feel like you've got something in common with them. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Yes, which is obviously something else that Benny touched upon as well, that relatability and just that kind of remembering that, you know, when I look at, I don't know, Shakira on Facebook, that polished life, that, there's the, you know, she still brushes her teeth. Yeah, yeah, but she's on an advert where she she has like a... Oh, no. she has toothpaste. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, a, I don't... It's like an advert for I wasn't this fancy that. toothbrush and it's like Shakira with the biggest smile ever. Yeah, no, I didn't really mean... So she yeah, super I brushes her teeth. <laughs> she, <laughs> you know, all of these things that we do in our life was, was the point I was going for. Mm-hmm. Shakira still has to do and... You know, there may be someone that, I don't know, picks up her son from nursery or whatever. But we're all human and we're all kind of the same on some level. And sometimes that can be important to just bring people down and just remember, okay, I should be inspired but not intimidated. Yeah, yeah. And I struggle with that. I really struggle with, um, I think that's my biggest problem is that when I see somebody who is so much further than me, um, I get terribly intimidated. And that's, I think, where what you mentioned earlier, the, the envy level comes in, where you then kind of mm. go, and okay, listen, I, I, this person is so far ahead of me. This person isn't even a person. They're obviously a massive genius. Um, <laughs> so, and obviously, if I ever put myself anywhere near them, I'm going to look such a completely worthless idiot that I, I'm better off finding fault with them because then I won't look so terrible by comparison. And I am aware that that is a terrible way of thinking. <laughs> But I do it anyway. But I think that ha- that just happens. I- okay, here's an interesting point that happened. So this Sunday, I've told you about netball, right? How I started going to netball. I don't know anything about netball. I played centre on Sunday for the first time. Don't oh, have a clue, but it was I, didn't, a- I didn't know that. You started going to netball. Oh, oh yeah, a few months ago. So yeah. I started going to netball. Yeah. Um, I don't know the rules. I just go for fun, etc. And we had a little tournament between the little netball groups that were sort of local and uh and I played I played center despite never having done it because it's only a small group so normally we don't have enough people so our kind of coach will be center for both teams but I said well I'm not very good at shooting so I'll do that where I get to run around a bit more I'll do that one and it was we, we lost you know but it was taking part and we did we did put on a good game but anyway point of the story is there was one person in particular who was very kind of aggressive and and was very aggressive with the defending and, and kind of a bit intense you know and yeah. we were talking about this and it's that big fish small pond thing of well why do this is back to netball this is for like people who have never you know not done netball since school obviously she is very good why is she here why doesn't she go to a club well it's because here she's top dog if this if this person then goes to a a sort of proper inverted commas netball club then she's going to be at the bottom again so you know sometimes that can be worth remembering i don't know if that's relevant sorry oh my gosh no that's that's fantastic because because you're right there is something to be said for you know maybe we're all we're all scared of looking worse by comparison. Um, yeah. And that is something that, you know, I think in that sense, and I, I must honestly say, you know, when I was talking to, I was talking to Chris Broholm about this beforehand, um, because he's somebody who's so obviously, he's he's so like confidently fanboys and it's not something I can do um, because I do have to, you know, to a certain extent, I have to distance myself from anyone who does really well in my field, um, partly because I want to find that space to 
really allow myself to look at exactly what it is that they're doing that's going to work for me. Um, but also because um, because it's it, you know it's very difficult to it's difficult to aspire to something when you're not quite there yet. Mm. I think yeah. But I think this is maybe this is a tendency thing, isn't it? <laughs> I wondered. I wondered actually. Four yeah. tendencies of inspiration. So maybe the questioners and the rebels in particular um will struggle more with the idea of having a having a hero. I don't know what's mm. what's it like if you're a, a an upholder? Do you set your own rules or do you kind of you yeah, probably I mean, find it easier like, to adopt? Yeah, like I said about the Barbie thing, you know, I don't look at Barbie and think that's what I have to look like. But, you know, I don't look at, at Shakira as just the one example that, <laughs> that's been coming up today and, and think well, that's exactly what my life must be like. But mm. it's aspects, isn't it? And you think, well, she is very successful with languages and she can then sing in them and perform in these different languages. And she's quite sort of charitable. And that's a really positive thing that that I think is, is something that I can aspire to specifically rather than the whole package, because that whole package is Shakira. That's not me. And I don't want that to be me because mm. that's someone else and I am me. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just as, just as kind of, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I'm just as valuable as Shakira. That sounds incredibly kind of arrogant. But No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Do, it's, do that you know sounds what I mean? like the absolute most important thing that, yeah. that you could possibly say. Like it's, it, we all, okay, this sounds weird, right? Because we don't, obviously. But we all kind of weigh the same, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like we all weigh the same as a human. No matter if you're Shakira, Beyonce, Benny Lewis, or you or me, we all weigh the same as a person. Mm. We all are a person in that sense. I don't know why Wade came into that. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> so, you know, like, it's, we all kind of have the same, we, we roughly take up the same space. We, ultimately, we're all built in the same, we've all got, tend to have, you know, two arms, roughly, and um, two legs and all that stuff. So I think... That, you know, you saying I'm worth the same as Shakira is actually the most valid thing that you can possibly say. Yeah, I, th I think because there's the we, we've talked already about the different words. And I think inspiration and aspiration, they're cool, they're healthy. The kind of idol and pedestaling of, of people and, and kind of putting them higher. And I think that's when it can become perhaps not so healthy and you know you you don't necessarily want to go down that route that would be my take on it mm -hmm. so just to finish us off um i've kind of I've, I've made a lot of really good notes i think i've got a blog post here so is turn the envy into inspiration is really good i think um don't follow the heroes don't think of them you know to kind of fully as your you know like your fully formed life that you will step into but instead go with what what Benny was saying, which is, hmm, this is something I need to be doing. And then do it in your own way. And surround yourself with people that you admire. You know, like, don't think that you've got to be elevated by the presence of somebody. Think of the presence that that is already there and how people elevate you when they're around you now. You know, don't, don't in a way, don't put off becoming better until you've found, you know, like, until you found that person around you. But instead, really think about you know, what's around me that I admire. I think that is extremely great and extremely wonderful. Um, and also find an anti-hero. 
you know, like look around you and think about mm. things that, you know, you don't want to incorporate and then find the value in that and go, you know, here's something I didn't do. And I'm awesome, <laughs> which is learning from other people's mistakes as well. And finally, don't feel intimidated. So I wanted to just finish off with um, if you are looking for um, inspiration, maybe not a language hero as such, but, you know, inspiration in the sense of if you're looking for somebody, you know, and you're curious about what they're up to and you just want to kind of check out and see how things resonate with you, a few people, and I, I'm going to echo some of what um, Benny Lewis was saying before, um, a few people that I certainly find extremely interesting and I kind of look at what they're doing, um, definitely, well, Benny Lewis himself very, very interesting, especially I love reading his older blog posts, you know, the stuff from like seven years ago. Um, with, I like how he accommodate, uh, accompanies them all with a picture. You can see, you know, like when he was younger, that's really cool. Um, Lindsay is a wonderful person to follow, but you're already following her if you're listening to this. Um, and I think Ellen Jovin's got a lot of interesting stuff going on. Her blog is Words and Worlds of New York. Um, and I love the way that she's got a little grammar company going on and you know she runs classes for um what's it called grammar for grown-ups so there's there's a lot of interesting stuff there so is there anyone that Ooh. you would kind of want to point at shine a spotlight well on? i i don't know because i don't want to i don't want to kind of pedestal a certain you know one or two people um because like i kind of inspiration kind of is is everywhere really everyone has something Mm -hmm. No, I that's, just, I don't that's know definitely if that's what true. the answer you wanted. But. Uh, <laughs> well, it's it's more like, is there anyone out there who's got something interesting going on at the moment? I really love um, Shannon, Eurolinguist, because her blog yeah. is um, food, travel and languages. I just love the lifestyle aspects of that. It's just great. There's always something really quirky on there. That's true. Absolutely. So, yeah. I don't know if you if you listener feel like there is somebody that you would really like to highlight or somebody that where you feel like that person really inspired me please write in and let us know you can let us know with our newly formed and shiny hashtag uh, which is CLLP stands for creative language learning podcast so hashtag CLLP on the Instagram or on the Twitter and you can tweet at Lindsay at LD languages and you can tweet to me at Kirsten Hammers and you will also find this as a blog post on the Fluent Language blog where you can just simply respond in the comments. And with that, I think we have covered three, four, five, six, ten angles of heroism. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a good, well-rounded episode. Yeah, and thank you very much to Benny Lewis, who you can find just in case you live under a rock at Fluent in Three Months or fi3m.com. Oh, I have to do university challenge thing. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And goodbye from Lindsay. Bye. <laughs> there needs to be a third. There needs to be a third. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and to rate the podcast in iTunes or on Stitcher. That's always very much appreciated. If you have any feedback or you've got any questions, you can email me, Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk, or you can find me on Facebook, Fluent Language Tuition, or on Twitter, at Kirsten Hammers, that is K-E-R-S-T-I-N-H-A-M-M-E-S. -E 